Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We are back with Paul Halpern, his book, The Quantum Labyrinth. Paul, assuming you could go through a wormhole, what do you think is on the other side of it? What does well, it connect to? Well, so we don't really know what, uh, what would be on the other side. I mean, that hypothetically, it would be connected to another part of space. But do, is it a part of space that we would have access to otherwise. We really don't know. Could it be another part of the universe or part of our universe, different universe? It's all, it's all very hypothetical. One of the interesting things about wormholes, though, is that according to Kip Thorne and his colleagues, if you could uh, accelerate one of the entrances, you could um, slow down time in that, in that region, and you could travel through the wormhole, and go backward in time, which is one of the interesting things. And for some people say, well, that, that actually rules out wormholes because, as everybody knows, according to, at least according to the, this trend of thought, uh, we can't go back in time. And then other people say, well, if you could go back in time, as long as you didn't disrupt the past, as long as everything's self-consistent, then everything would be fine and that you wouldn't uh, destroy uh, the fabric of cause and effect. So there was a debate in the pages of very serious physics journals in the late 80s and 1990s about whether or not if you have a wormhole, if you go through it and could go back in time, whether or not you could uh, do so in a way that's consistent with reality or whether it's completely ruled out by physics, the laws of physics. Some people believe if you go through a wormhole, you get torn to shreds. Well, that would be certainly uh, if if you went through a black hole, you would be you'd be torn to shreds. The wormholes that Kip Thorne was talking about were ones that were uh, tailor made or custom made, perhaps by an advanced civilization, so that the forces on you as you went through wouldn't be strong enough to tear you apart. And what's the difference between a wormhole and a black hole? Well, the original idea of black holes uh, was. If you have a collapsed star and the star collapses and it becomes an incredibly dense region and it's so dense that it basically distorts space and time and creates kind of a gap or a hole in space-time. And then later, people looked at the solution mathematically and said, well, this hole could be connected to another part of the universe. So a hole can't really go to nothing. So it has to be connected to somewhere. And this was just a mathematical construct. And that's what became the original idea of, of wormholes. And then, um, but of course, those kinds of wormholes, the original kind, were not something you could travel through without being torn to shreds. You'd be, as physicists say, spaghettified. You'd be stretched out in one direction yeah. and compressed in another direction. So it wouldn't be very pleasant. So no one would really want to do this. But that's when um, uh, Kip Thorne and others uh, said, well, what if we could custom make these objects in a way that they are uh, traversable, that they are safe, uh, 
So it's, it's almost like reverse engineering, saying we want something that works in a way that you could travel through it. Let's reverse engineer it so that instead of being crushed, you wouldn't be crushed. Well, the, problem, the only problem is it requires a certain kind of matter, which is of negative mass. And nobody has ever found any matter of negative mass, so that that's a little bit of a catch there. Did you uh, see the movie Contact based on Carl Sagan's book? Uh, yes, I did with uh, Jodie Foster. Yeah. yeah, what what did those were wormholes that she was going through to get to that uh, other planetary system, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's that was kind of the product of of all this research that uh, Kip Thorne gave this information to Carl Sagan, and Carl Sagan used it in his book, and then it was later used in the movie. So a lot of stuff in science eventually ends up as science fiction, and then sometimes that science fiction inspires more science. Do you think one day we will be able to develop a time machine and go forward and backwards? Well, one day. interestingly, forward is relatively easy in physics because according to Einstein's special theory of relativity, if you travel close enough to the speed of light, your internal clock slows down. So all you would have to do, and, and this, is, this is hypothetical for humans because um, we haven't traveled this fast, but if you could travel 99.999% of the speed of light in a spaceship, then your clock would slow down compared to everybody else. And when you return to Earth, everybody would be much older, let's say, 100 years older, and you would have only aged, say, one year. And you'll come back, and everybody, all your friends and family members will be either gone or extremely old, and, and you'll seem like you've, you've just gone away you know, briefly. And that is, uh, that is something that, that all physicists believe in, because we've done that with particles. We've taken particles that decay very quickly and accelerated them, close to the speed of light, and then all of a sudden they're much longer-living particles. So we've, we've created sort of eternal youth, so to speak, for par- in the particle world, but particles are so much lighter than people that it's much easier to accelerate them to high speeds. It's very hard to accelerate a person to close to the speed of light. We've, we haven't come anywhere near close to that. If for some reason, let's say, mankind survives 500 more years... Do you think that in that year that uh, it's conceivable to have time travel 500 years from now? Well, I think, uh, once again, there's a difference between the forward and backward time travel. Right. No one has really shown that backward time travel is possible. It's just hypothetical. And forward time travel, if we continue to push space travel f- forward, and we get faster and faster when we develop new kinds of space drives, I think uh, forward time travel will be possible. Um, because we've done it to a very limited extent with high-speed flights. We've, we've had these very, very sensitive clocks and put them up on high-speed aircraft, and these sensitive clocks show that time is different once you're going closer to the speed of light. Uh, so th- this has been done only very, very subtly. So um, when astronauts go up, they, uh, they age very, very slightly less than people on Earth because they're traveling so fast. But it's in the nanoseconds. It's not something right. that, that really <laughs> makes a big difference in their lives. They're not going to come back like Benjamin Button or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Huh. 
but um, but maybe 500 years from now, space travel will be um, something more common. And certainly if there's interstellar travel, we might start seeing these effects more seriously. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.